Hello and welcome to Beginning Middle End, the podcast where we talk to creators and story lovers about storytelling. Young Adult Fiction has been a publishing and box office juggernaut for the last 20 years. From Harry Potter to Twilight to The Hunger Games, these coming-of-age stories have captured the hearts and minds of kids, teens, and adults. Whereas adult fiction might leave you with an unsettling, ambiguous, or lackluster ending, young adult fiction shows that love and goodness always win in the end. I'm Shane, and stories are my favorite things in the world. Here to talk about it with me today is Anita Saxana. Did I get that right? Saxana. <laughs> Saxana. Anita's been an instructor for the Pelham Writing Workshop and an adjunct professor for the UAB Honors Program, where she taught how to write a young, adult, or middle-grade novel. She's a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. She has two novels coming out next year. She's a fabulous ice skater and a doctor of optometry. I don't know how she finds time to do it all. Welcome, Anita. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about story. The uh, question I like to start with all the time is what makes a good story? Definitely compelling characters that I can root for. And I love stories where the setting becomes its own character. And you focus on reading and writing middle grade and young adult fiction. Walk me through why you're drawn to that type of book. Are you emotionally still a teenager? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I feel like at those ages, anything is possible. Um, when you read adult fiction, not all, but I feel like there's a little bit of people get a little jaded as they get older and when you're doing middle grade or young adult, the characters' lives are still ahead of them. Also, just speaking as far as readership goes, I think there was like a 2015 Nielsen study that said 80% of readers are YA are actually adults and not teens. So when you write for middle grade and young adults, I feel like you're actually writing for all audiences. Yeah, I've seen those same stats. I've seen adult readers being 50% all the way to like almost 80%, like you said. The books are technically aimed at ages 12 to 18. As a writer, what can you do in middle grade young adult fiction that you can't do with adult books and vice versa? Is there something that you could put in adult fiction that you wish you could do with young adult fiction? So with middle grade, there is this naiveness and innocence about the characters, uh, which I think why I'm just really drawn to them. And the stories are more about strong friendships. Um, you're never going to see a middle grade story about, you know, somebody having a love interest that's just not there. It's about loyalty and friendship and adventures. And I love a good middle grade story. And as far as young adult goes, I feel like, you know how you hear people talk about, well, kids that are 13 these days are not like 13 year olds were like 20 years ago. And I feel the same as with young adult. Um, I feel like the stories have grown a lot, grown up a lot over the years. Um, so between young adult and adult, I mean, you still have language in both genres. There can still be violence and sexual themes as well. I mean, it has to be pertinent to the story and not gratuitous, but I feel like YA and middle grade, there's been a split in them over the past few years. So now you have like older YA and a younger YA. And similarly, you have what they call upper middle grade, which would be more like 11 to 15 years of age. And then there's your younger middle grade, which is eight to 12 years of age. So I think the genres themselves, or sorry, the categories themselves are kind of broadening and kids tend to read up anyway. So an eight-year-old's probably already reading mm -hmm. middle grade at that point and so except, on. Except when you get to be an adult like us and then you're reading down. You're reading so down. we read down. 
So what's your favorite young adult fiction book or series and why? I love the author Maggie Stiefvater. Um, She has a series called The Raven Cycle Trilogy. And the first book is called The Raven Boys. And it has an ensemble cast where each character has depth and their own flaws and conflicts and journeys. And then she brings all of that together. Um, The book is set in present day, but it has mysticism and magic thrown into it. Um, She also has a standalone novel called The Scorpio Races. It actually won a Prince Honor. And in that book, the setting is a really strong character, which I love. And it's told in dual point of views, both equally strong. Um, So hands down, she's my favorite author. Yeah, there are a lot of themes of of magic in young adult fiction. I wonder if part of the appeal for adults is, you know, the the cynical world that we live in, trying to find that magic again, is that, do you think that lends itself to the appeal of young adult fiction? I think so. I think there are, there have been some adult authors that have tried to recreate it, but it's just not the same. Yeah. So let's shift gears and talk about structure. I love story structure and I'm happy to have somebody to talk mechanics with. Uh, You teach writings. How would you structure a book? And is it the same process that, you do personally that you would teach to your writing students? So I feel like my approach to structure and writing has evolved over the years. I've used and taught so many different methods. There really is no right or wrong way. Um, and that I think that's what writers need to understand. Like you have to do what you feel, what feels organic and what works for you. Um, when I taught the college course on how to write a YA or middle grade novel, we used the book Paper Hearts by Beth Revis. And we used her process as a guide to reach the course goals, which was to write 10,000 words of a first draft by the end of the semester, which is actually pretty hard if you think about it on top of all your other college courses as well. But um, so I like Paper Hearts because Beth shared her own journey to publishing, which was very, very long, lots of setbacks, but she ended up becoming a New York Times bestseller. Um, She gives a great overview of writing versus the publishing process and character, plot and world and the importance of showing versus telling in a story, which I think are huge. So when I first started writing, I had a really large emphasis on plot. And it didn't matter what I wrote, I always felt like something was missing. I remember reading Blake Snyder's How to, was it How to Save a Cat or? Save the Cat. Save the Cat, yeah, Save the Cat. And you know, I learned those beats and I drew my character, my plot diagrams and I filled it all in, but it's just something was missing. And so maybe four or five years ago, I read um, Story Genius by Lisa Cron or Crone. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. And that changed everything for me. She talks about like what a story is and what it isn't. And then she teaches you how to create the inside story for your character and then how to create an external gauntlet to spur your protagonist's internal struggle. And if you start with your character, I feel like the plot just unfolds organically. The two novels I wrote after reading Story Genius were Leaps and Bounds. I feel better than anything I'd ever written before. Um, before I come up with characters and I try to base them off of someone I know or a specific personality trait or conflict, and then I would just throw them into a bunch of plot beats. And um, I don't think that was very effective for me. But I know there's a lot of authors that like to start with the plot first or I mean, there really is no right or wrong way to do it, but that's just what's worked for me recently. 
Yeah, I think I also found Story Genius in the last year or two, and um, I really liked that book. When you are writing a series, do you think um, do you think working on plot becomes more important because a character-driven story, I don't know how you can continue that through a series unless it's a, like a really big character arc. I don't know. Yeah. What, are your, what are your thoughts on, on character versus plot if you're trying to do a series? I have a couple of thoughts on this. So one is if you are writing because you want to go the traditional route and you want to get an agent and then you want to be traditionally published with a large publishing house, you cannot just say, I'm writing a series because it's really not in your hands. Um, you have to write the best standalone novel that you can. And then when your agent sells you sells your book, then the publisher will say, yeah, could we make something out of this? Typically in the market lately, last time I checked, they don't want series. They prefer like three standalone novels within the same world. So it doesn't matter which book you pick up whenever it comes out, like you would still read. So there has been a little bit of turning away from series in general. That not being said, there is Shannon Messenger who has the Keeper of the Lost Cities series. It's been going on forever and Random House keeps publishing them. And I think there's like eight or nine books out. So when you have, when you're writing for a series, I like to reference J.K. Rowling. What's really interesting in those seven books is you've got a character and plot arc within each book. But then if you study all seven of them, you can actually draw out a character and plot arc that spans across all seven. And it's just ingenious and beautiful the way that she did it. It's not easy to do. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's a high bar to be J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, but she, she did it well. And she put a lot of thought into that, and she had a lot of support from her publishers. So, You have two novels coming out February 2022, Daniel on Thin Ice and Double Axel or Nothing. The proceeds of those books are going to go to the nonprofit athletic organization Magic City Theater on Ice. Double Axel or Nothing, I think I remember you blogging about it or talking about it, but set up those two novels and talk about why you're donating the proceeds. If you sure, can. sure. Uh, Double Axel or Nothing, um, 12-year-old Ruby Ronnie longs to be the next U.S. figure skating national champion like her idols Michelle Kwan and Alyssa Liu. Um, most ladies that reach this elite level of skating can do triple jumps by the time they are 13 years old. And Ruby Ronnie turns 13 in less than a month and she can't even land a double axel. And I chose this concept because I love the sport of figure skating. I've been part of it for 30 years. But our sport has become so elite and there's so much pressure physically and emotionally on these young girls that to be competitive to get double and triple jumps by the time you're 13 is really, really hard. And they connect their self-worth to their ability to land this jump. And I wanted to write a story about somebody going through that process and how it affects her and how she prevails over it and how you are not, your self-worth and your self-identity is not tied to your success on the ice. So I feel very strongly about that, which is why I'm self-publishing it to come out in February because I think a lot of people will be watching figure skating during the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Then the other story, Daniel on Thin Ice, is actually a young adult novel. It's about Daniel Kane. He's willing to put everything on the line to be an internationally competitive ice dancer, but he has to betray the trust of the people he loves um, and his own heart 
to go for that Team USA dream. So, um, and that story takes place in Alabama and Colorado Springs, and you get to see a little bit more about ice dancing, which is not a part of figure skating that people know a lot about. And I'm really excited about that story as well. And I'd like the proceeds to benefit Magic City Theater on Ice. Um, our nonprofit organization just creates a lot of opportunities for people to have a sense of community, um, be a part of the performing arts, compete across the country, be a part of theater, grow in their skating skills. We love what we do. And being a nonprofit, we always need as much support as we can get so we can continue to create opportunities for our youth and our adults in our program. It's wild to me that figure skating teens look at 13 the way most people look at 30. Yes. (laughs) Your life and what you've achieved. Why do you think people always talk about write what you know? Why do you think it took you so long to come around? Because I, I, I found you and and uh, you know your progress and a lot of works that you were doing over the years. Why did it take you so long? Do you think to come around to putting skating into your writing? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I love reading fantasy. I love reading. Um, romantic comedies. I just, I just thought about writing the type of things I loved reading, and frankly, there's just not much out there as far as fiction goes for figure skating. And it just took me a really long time to come to that realization <laughs> that this could be something that I could do and that I know really well, and I could share more about our sport through it. Yeah. So you've been writing and blogging and reviewing for a long time. What are a couple of things you wish you had known when you first started besides writing what you know? Write something, you know, but write something that you're passionate about. Don't try to write for the market. Just enjoy the process because you just don't know what the outcome's going to be. So don't rush to get to the last page and write the end because you're just so you're so set on, you know, I want to get an agent or I want to publish a book. Like you have to enjoy the process and you have to put out the best thing that you can. And I know that that just sounds very simplistic and common sense, but I think when you're on social media and you see, well, so-and-so just got a book deal and -and so-and-so just, you know, published this book, like you feel like you have to keep up with what everybody's doing and why don't I have something coming out? And it can really stifle you creatively, which is why if you visit my Twitter or my blog that really hasn't been a lot of traction on it lately, but I needed that time away so I could refocus and think about, you know, what I want to be as a writer and what I want to do. And that's one reason why I ended up leaving my agent um, in 2020 is because I just needed that time to just be on my own and be with my ideas and not feel like I had to meet somebody's expectations or keep up with what was going on around me. It just was not, healthy for me at the time. So do you think going forward after your two books that you're going to release in February, are you going to (laughs) lean into the ice skating as a theme in your works or do you still have other genres planned? I do have other genres planned, but there's only, I don't know. I have all these ideas and there's not enough time to write them all. There's never (laughs) enough time. Um, I would love to write, um, a figure skating novel specifically about like theater on ice and that team aspect and the dynamics and just 
skaters working together for a common goal and just going through that process and bringing more exposure to that division of U.S. figure skating, I think would be awesome. But I also love stories about magical realism and fantasy. And I've got some novels I've actually already written, but they need to be taken another look at and rewritten. And just, you know, that's my other advice is there's never too many drafts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you write it, set it aside, give it some time, look at it again, write it again. I know you have a lot to do between the ice skating, and the optometry and the writing and everything. I'm going to leave you with the last question today. What's your best piece of storytelling advice? Gosh, I kind of feel like we, we talked about it, but um, write it for yourself. Write something that you would want to read. Yeah, that's always a, that's always a good piece of advice. <laughs> so when your books come out, website, is that the best place to go to find them? February yes. 2022? Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today, Anita. You can find Anita on her website at anitasaxena.com or follow her on Twitter at Anita underscore rights. Look for her new books, Daniel on Thin Ice and Double Axle or Nothing, February 2022. Proceeds will go to the Magic City Theater on Ice. Thank you so much for having me, Shane. Have a great day. And we'll have you on to do a talk, a story talk about ice skating. Love it. You can watch more of these podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to Spilled Ink Media. If you're more the audio podcast type, then find Beginning, Middle, End Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can tweet me at Twitter at Optional D. And we're just starting out on this journey, so any positive review, comment, or thumbs up really helps. Tune in next time as we unravel more great story threads. Thanks. The end.